Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. Boatis Supervoid Written by Ben Errington Narrated by Sophie Kamal The gentle pull of the unknowing black gave Angela a sense of curiosity unlike anything she had felt before. She would often stare for hours at a time through the silver hue of glass into the relentless dark of the Boatis Supervoid a region of utterly empty space. She had been on board the Black Star Vessel, a dome-shaped ship capable of travelling the gargantuan distance of 700 million light-years from Earth to the void, for an amount of time that felt so long she found it difficult to comprehend. The mission was unlike anything ever embarked upon by the human race. The small crew of the Black Star, who had dedicated three decades of their lives to the cause, had remained in cryosleep for half of that. When they awoke, years of preparations had to be made for their arrival at the centre of the Boötis Void, the source of a mysterious pulsating signal. Many had interpreted the signal as an SOS, while more cynical experts believed it to be an anomaly of sorts. But Angela had always remained convinced that the signal was the first contact of an intergalactic species. Now, Angela was the only one left. 
Captain Hennings, the man she had fallen in and out of love with before and during the mission, suffered a heart attack and died while Angela had watched helplessly from the round window of an airlock. The others, 16 of them in total, had suffocated together in an airless chamber after an unexplainable malfunction. Angela had been nursing an extreme bout of motion sickness, which was strange considering the amount of time she'd had to adapt to the feeling of weightlessness, even though she only had to experience zero gravity occasionally. She had gone back to her cabin to rest when the accident happened. The dead crew remained inside the chamber, which Angela couldn't bring herself to open. For almost three long years of mental and physical endurance, Angela had been alone. Finally, the Black Star was approaching its final destination. Black Star, Shiplog, Angela Lambert, 421. I've been thinking a lot today about my sister. I saw the reflection of myself in the ship's console, and for a second, I thought I was looking at her. It's strange as I don't think I look like her at all. She was all lip gloss and studded earrings with black hair framed sharp around an ice white face. Both of her arms flecked with dark dots that made bizarre shapes that wrapped around her limbs like coiling snakes. I last saw her an age ago. Centuries it feels like now. Maybe it has been that long. Possibly millennia if the human mind could store images for such a vast amount of time. I remember her smell. The way her teeth were oddly crooked at the bottom. The way she inhaled smoke from a cigarette. Weird how my cells have decided to store that information. And now I've brought it with me so far across the galaxy. She was the one who told me that my daughter had been killed. It's hard to remember any other words she said before she told me that news. My life before that moment now felt like an ancient artefact, buried deep in a crypt somewhere never to be unearthed again. The weeks after the tragedy were the worst. I threw items of food away from the fridge, things that were her favourites, that she had picked out from the shelves of the supermarket. They used by dates, days she never got to see. There were muddied footprints on the floor of the hall tiny boots that had brought in dirt from the garden. I had to scrub them away with sponges and soapy water. Louise had always been so strong-willed and the house felt utterly empty without her stubborn words echoing throughout the rooms of the house. It was hideously quiet. I still miss her every single day. The memories of her are far clearer than that of my sister. It's almost as if she's still close to me, somehow. Log end. Angela secured the tether to the belt of her suit and stepped from the ledge. She gave into the gentle pull of space and turned to see the black star, which was illuminated by lights on piping and rigging around its gargantuan frame, beginning to fade into the blackness. The ship's surface allowed it to reflect its surroundings perfectly, camouflaging it gradually. As it completely disappeared, Angela slowly turned the lights of her helmet down and eventually off. She held out her arms and legs, drifting into the void. She needn't close her eyes, for the darkness was so pure that it felt as if there was nothing else in the universe, as if Angela was the only living being left in existence. 
She felt as if it might as well be that way. Her breathing was steady, blood flowing through her veins with a rhythmic throb. She felt as though she was somehow in sync with the distant signal that had brought the Black Star here on a near-impossible journey. A trip that Angela alone had managed to survive. She knew that she was nothing special. In fact, she was probably the least qualified of all of the original crew. But deep down, she knew that she was meant to be here, alone in the supervoid. the closest human life form, light years away. Everyone who ever knew her likely to be treating her the same way they would treat the deceased. Mourning her at first, but eventually forgetting her. Then she saw it. For a second she wasn't sure if her eyes were open or closed, but there was a minuscule flash of light somewhere in the black. It was impossible to tell just how far away it was, so initially Angela was convinced that it was the Black Star, its camouflage, somehow momentarily failing. Her breathing sped up and the interior of her helmet began to feel hot. The light was moving back and forth with speed, like an absent-minded insect. Angela reached out for the tether of her belt but felt disorientated for a second, panicking as she couldn't take hold of it. When she eventually did, she adjusted the lights within her helmet, their bright white luminosity causing her to blink profusely. In turn, the black star began to resurface from the murk, and as Angela looked for the flickering light, a glowworm wriggling in tar, she could no longer see it. Black Star, ship log Angela Lambert 422. Although the Black Star's navigation instruments tell me differently, I'm convinced that we've reached the source of the signal. Therefore, I had to manually override the autopilot in order to halt the ship's trajectory. That was something that perhaps I would have never known how to do. But I've had a lot of time to read every single file that is stored in the mainframe. Some have been useless, most in fact. But the captain's manuals, along with everything Hennings wrote in his numerous logs, the mad old bastard, have been tremendously helpful. The tethering system only allows me to venture a few hundred feet away from the ship, which means I'm going to have to go out on my own. A scary prospect, if I'm totally honest. But the Black Star has built-in come-home technology that will bring the suits back to the open airlock after a period of time. So, while I might feel like going out there is suicide, if my research is correct, then I'll be fine. I don't have the time or resources to test this, however. I know that there's something or somebody out there looking over me. I won't die today. Log end. Angela tried to sleep but couldn't. The grey walls of her cabin seemed to bend with some unseen force. She didn't have an appetite either, which made the hours tick by slowly. She often wondered what time even meant out here in the Boote's void. If she were to destroy every clock, watch and system with a digital timer, would she be affected in any significant way? She took the metallic strap from her wrist and hid it from her view under the pillow. Black Star, Shiplock, Angela Lambert, 423. I saw her again in my dreams. She doesn't look the same as I remember. Log end. Angela felt her lungs tighten as she drifted closer to the light. There was a ringing in her ears, something that she couldn't quite explain. 
It was high and angelic, but also invasive. Her suit felt more restrictive than usual, almost as if her movement was being controlled by whatever the source of light and signal was. There was a force hauling her towards it. The glow from the light reached out into the void with unknowable powers. The white and silver beams fought against the darkness but one out, floating like a milky sun in the gloom. Angela could hear a voice. You're so far from home. Angela felt her eyes grow heavy with tears. The light was a bubble. As Angela got closer and the bubble got larger, she slipped into its orbit. Inside the bubble there was a person. A young girl, naked and pale, her hair wet. You're so far from home. Angela's throat grew dry and she struggled to speak. Louise? Angela's daughter somehow older than she had been when she passed over, hovered in a clear embryonic sack within the odd bubble. Angela got closer still and passed through the first layer of the bubble, stopping inches away from the sack. Louise's eyes opened. Angela remembered how green they were. This older Louise had no pigmentation in her eyes. Who are you? Angela asked. Louise smiled. The answer you've been looking for. Louise's voice sounded peculiarly synthesised. Angela shook her head. You don't look the same. Louise's body looked cold and malnourished. I'm not the same. Angela's tears felt hot on her cheeks. I knew I'd find you. Angela reached out, but she felt herself dragged back. Louise looked alarmed. You've made it this far. Louise said, almost pleading. Don't go back now. The come-home mechanism in the suit had set in. The black star was bringing her back. No! Angela shrieked. I won't leave you again! Louise reached out too, but her hand was already so far away. Not like this! Angela said, her voice giving out. After all that I've done, let me see my baby! Louise turned away and put her head in her hands. My baby! I'll find you, I promise! Angela repeated, but the black star had pulled her out of the bubble, the glow of which seemed to fade somewhat. Angela heard the ringing in her ears and, again, the voice of her daughter. You're so far from home. Back at the black star, a fraught Angela tore off her helmet and made her way to the observation deck at the top of the ship. Across a catwalk was a separation door with a fogged-up window that had remained closed for the entirety of the three years that Angela had been alone. A release mechanism outside of it was all it took to finally open it. Angela slammed her fist on the mechanism and there was a hiss as the separation door opened, slowly at first, but soon gained speed and revealed the death inside the chamber. Hot air blew up into Angela's face, thick with the stench of decomposition. It got in her mouth and down her throat. She gagged as if she was trying to breathe a hideous gas rather than oxygen. The crew, every last one of them, had suffocated in there. And it had been Angela who had depressurised the cabin. She couldn't even watch them die, clawing at the glass like desperate, pathetic ghouls. Angela felt tears hit her cheeks. They were the first she had shed due to the death of these 16, their deaths somehow not feeling entirely real when the corpses rotted away behind the chamber door. They didn't look the same as they once did, 
they were mostly bones, only a few hunks of dusty-looking flesh hanging on desperately to eye sockets and fingers. Angela walked into the centre of the chamber, covering her mouth with one hand and using the other to disperse the stagnant air. She fell onto her knees hard and screamed. The sound seemed to stop just as abruptly as it started. Angela curled into a ball and sobbed. When she finally came to her senses, she made her way to the landing dock that would usually be used for unmanned pods to be sent out to gather data and looked for the body of Captain Hennings that she and the other crew members had bundled into one of the small spherical ships. They had intended to give him a funeral, but it never happened. Black Star, Ship Log, Angela Lambert, 424. I know now that the decision I made wasn't the right one. I'm not a bad person, much less evil as I have often convinced myself I am. With the 16 crew plus myself, there was no way the Black Star would have made it this far. Sacrifices had to be made. I'm not making excuses anymore. I found what I came for. The grief had overwhelmed me once, but now I know that it's part of what makes me who I am. She didn't take me with her. That hurt me more than I can explain. I'll find her again, and we'll be together. I made her a promise that I have to keep. Log. End. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Ten Years Alone was written by Ben Errington, narrated by Sophie Kamal, edited by Carl Hughes, and muted by Ollie Lakari Pro. Chris Zabriskie and Tom Robson. So you're a fan of the other stories and you love to hear tales of horror, sci-fi and thrillers in the medium of audio. Well, we are now going to be putting out a bonus story every month exclusively on our Patreon feed. You can sign up for as little as a dollar a month, less than the price of a cup of coffee, and get early ad-free access to episodes, a monthly live Q&A with the guide behind the other stories podcast and the aforementioned bonus episodes unavailable anywhere else. So if you want to support the show and get your goodies, head over to www.patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Until next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.